Hey everyone, welcome to Pop Sports Shorts. This is Matt. We got Ross and Jared. We're going to be joined by Dan shortly, um, but we are going to be talking about the conference championship games today. What a day, guys, boys! How you doing? How was your weekends? Yeah, good. Good couple of games to talk about as well. Yeah, um, heartbreak, absolute heartbreak for the Lions. Baltimore, hmm, some heartbreak, I'm sure, but just heartbreaking for the when Lions. When you have a when you have an upper mid quarterback, that's what happens. Anyway, we'll get to that. Here we go, uh, boys. Which game are we starting with today? I want to start with uh, with Detroit and San Fran. I have to ask you guys a question. You ever heard the saying uh, about like March? It's a common. It's really an old timey saying about the weather in March. You familiar with that saying? No. No. no? Okay. Uh, well. The saying is March comes in like a lion, goes out like a lamb. So uh, I got to say for Detroit, um, they came in like the lions and now they're out like CD lamb. I felt um, so good about myself when I thought of that. Um, uh, I, I, you, you look, you look really proud of yourself as well. Dan's joining in now and he should just be celebrating that he missed that. Um, no, but... that was pure gold. Um, that, that, <laughs> To me, that was the tale of two games because I started watching it as I was getting ready to leave my friend's house and had to drive home. And from when I left her house to when I got home, it was like a completely different game. Well, let's uh, let's do a quick recap for the listeners. So Detroit 31, San Francisco 34, Detroit marched out to a 24 to 7 halftime lead. And that would be the other way around. San Francisco 31. No, San Francisco at 34. What? You should pull up the My scores. Yeah, very, in, in very... the line won that game, dude, in your dreams. <laughs> so Detroit marched out to a 24-7 halftime lead. The Lions went for a fourth down call in the third, went for a fourth and four in the third quarter. Fourth and three from, I believe, the opposing... 38 somewhere around there or 28 didn't make it and then crazy series of events the ball bounced off a Detroit defender's helmet and into Brandon Ayuk's hands who scored a touchdown and the comeback was pretty much on at that point wild game absolute heartbreak for Detroit none of you would understand uh what that feels like as far as the cursed franchise element of that a lot of talk about Dan Campbell going for it for the fourth down and we'll get into that I think those Calls were fine. Personally, I don't think that's what cost them the game. But you can do math and say, sure, it cost them three points, maybe. But again, we'll talk about that. Uh, Jared, I believe you wanted to start on this. or Well, it was it was really just talking about how they came in like the Lions and now they're out like C.D. Lamb. Um, I, I, I was absolutely impressed with how they came out in the first half. Um, showing very much the the Lions team that we had seen up to that point. Um, I I agree with Dan Campbell's decision to go for it, but then I disagree, especially when you're up that far. You kick the field goal, you continue to open up the lead. Uh, I do think, as a whole, that was a bad decision. So, have you looked into the stats on their field goal kicker? And just kind of the straight up, you know, if you're holding this together 
as are we going to kick a field goal or are we going to go for it? So Badgley, New Jersey native, Michael Badgley, um, is nine of 20 from 48 plus yards. So the worst among high volume kickers in NFL history, the lions Ouch. as a team. So nine of 20 is, you basically have a 45% chance of making the field goal based on previous statistics. The lions were 15 and 20 at converting fourth and three or fewer in the regular season. So 75% chance. So when you're looking at it from that perspective, as a coach, you're saying, okay, do we take a field goal that we have a 45% chance of making, or do we go for a fourth and three that we have a 75% chance of making? I think it's a perfectly sound decision and defensible decision. Also, the ball was in the receiver's hand and he dropped it. Exactly. And it wasn't like even a high degree of difficulty drop. Like that's a, that's a, for an NFL wide receiver, you expect that to be an easy catch. I, I will say, Just, I don't think that was, I don't think that was the best throw from golf. It was slightly behind Reynolds. He did have to reach out to try and grab it. So I'm not, it wasn't a simple catch. He had a much simpler catch on a crosser in the fourth quarter later on third down. And if he'd have got that, that could have got some, maybe got some momentum back for the Lions. But that wasn't an easy catch. But it's definitely one that you'd expect a an NFL receiver to catch. I reckon if that was Amaral St. Brown, that's a definite catch. It just probably didn't go to their best receiver, but he definitely should have caught it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Just because the outcome isn't what Lions fans wanted, does not mean that the decision-making process was bad. It's, it's easy to play the results. The he, yeah, he has the resources he has, and he usually has. You know, it'll help the situation next season. Get a, a fucking kicker. kicker who getting a new fucking kicker that can kick field goals beyond 45 yards. And get a kicker that's, that's not from, of an NFL playoff team. You have get to a have kicker a kicker that's not from Summit, over. New Jersey. That's the problem. Oh, he's from Summit, New Jersey? Mm-hmm. He should have stuck with like soccer and other rich white people sports. <laughs> You'd think to have a better leg for someone who could play soccer though. Um, having said that, I, so there's a couple of things here. I actually find both fourth down calls defensible as far as going for it. Um, the lions lost this game because the receivers dropped passes. They fumbled the ball immediately after San Francisco scored. And then just on top of that, they suddenly Jared Goff hasn't been as good in the second half of these playoff games. You'll see if you go back, like he started out hot in both playoff games and struggled in the second half. He's to me, he's not the quarterback to take you to the promised land, but the lions have a stacked enough roster that they can theoretically still make it work with him. But I really do think, you know, if we're talking about a team this stacked without a quarterback, this is probably the ceiling for them. What are your thoughts, Ross? You see, I, you know, like you, I don't have I don't have any problem with anything that Dan Campbell did, apart from making that run on third down when they're two yards out. You cannot afford to use a timeout in that situation. So, though, in that situation, you either kick the field goal early. If you know you have to go for an onside kick at some point, you either kick the field goal earlier to, to conserve more time on the other side, hoping you're going to get the onside kick back, or you just have to keep throwing especially when you're sort of three yards out. And admittedly, their run game had been productive for them in that game. Well, in the first half, they moved away from it in the second half for some unknown reason. But throughout the season, their run game has been good. But when they get to that position, they can't be trying to run it in from it because you cannot risk, even from two or three yards out, you cannot risk that 49ers D-line bringing Montgomery down, which is exactly what happened. And then he's had to waste waste a crucial timeout. And it's just, that was... That was the one. And I think Campbell's come out and said that he 
that he shouldn't have done that. But as I said, it's easy to play the result and say, you know, they shouldn't have gone for the fourth downs, but both of them could and should have been converted. But maybe the second one you can see, you know, do we try and take the fourth, the three points and go up by 17? But I don't think you ask any player in that Detroit Lions team, I don't think any of them, probably even the kicker, are saying, yeah, we go for the field goal. They do what they've done all season and they keep doing what's got them to where, you know, to got them into that position in the first place. So, as I said, easy to play the result. Now we can look at it afterwards. But I don't think they did anything wrong apart from that time out at the end. But by that point, the game had swung so far back the other way that it was always going to be a struggle for them to get back into it and win it anyway. So the other piece here, too, that a lot of people, because it's really easy to see that a team didn't convert on first down and lost by three points and then do the math and say, oh, that's why they didn't lose. That's why they lost by three points. The other side of that coin is I can't remember the exact the opponent, but it was the tight one of the playoff games the Titans lost a few years ago, pretty late in the third quarter. They punted on fourth and one from the opposition's like 42. So out of field goal range, but it was still fourth and one. And you have Derek fucking Henry on your team and you're punting from that spot. And I believe they lost by like three points or something like that. So there's always just these little things that influence games. It's far easier to draw the conclusion between a missed fourth down in that versus, you know, kicking a field goal in a situation where going for it would have brought you more likelihood of winning the game or even punting in those situations. Like, obviously I'm of the opinion that fourth and one anywhere around the 50 within 10 yards of the 50 in either direction, you should pretty much never be punting. Yeah, not at all. And yeah. At that point. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, I mean, I do know. I agree with Ross fully on the third down run. That was just a crazy wild play. Why are you? Ridiculous. I know you're trying to. I know you're trying to surprise them because they're thinking you'll never run it in that spot. But they also have one of the best defensive lines in the league and can handle a situation like that. So, right. Yeah, it's a tough one. Got a little cute there. Campbell got a little cute there, and it cost them. So on the flip side, we've talked a lot about Detroit in this one. Let's talk about the 49ers. What a comeback for them. I mean, they were not. Uh, they were not. They have not been the team that can come back from single point deficits, much less double digit deficits. And they basically recreated the uh, twenty eight to three Patriots out there. Um, Brock Purdy seemed to have realized that he could run just about on every play. They weren't leaving anyone in there to spy on him, and he was escaping from the pocket and running for extra yards all the time with all the man coverage Detroit was playing. Anybody care to comment? Yeah, it's I was Brock really Purdy. impressed with um, Brock Purdy, and that, and that, especially in that second half, because he started the game pretty pedestrian. Obviously, he had the interception the first half, and there was a there was a few little plays here and there, but in that second half, he seemed to completely change what he was doing. Obviously, as much as the sports analytics people will say momentum isn't the thing because you can't measure it, it is definitely 100% a thing, and any player will tell you that. And that momentum swung in that second half, and you get a couple of plays go your way, and obviously there was that 50-yard bomb to Brandon Ayuk that bounced off the DB's face into his hands. And it, the game just swung from there because then they scored just after that. And the next play after that was Gibbs with his only run of the second half and he fumbled. And then that was it. And then, you know, Brock Purdy turned into, you know, sort of Lamar Jackson with his with his runs and stuff like that. And he was, yeah, he was really impressive that second half. And he was, he was making sort of 20-yard throws to the sideline or running around going crazy and, throwing it to, but Carl Juszczyk was making passes. And once, you know, once that was happening, I thought, well, the Lions, it doesn't really matter what the Lions do. They're not going to win anymore. Like everything was sort of going the 49ers way by that point. And, it, you know, it gets, it does get a lot of criticism as a sort of a game manager and stuff. But 
he does manage that game pretty well. And he's got a lot of talented players around him. You know, he does more than enough to help that team. And I think, yeah, he's he's done a great job to get them where they are. I think sometimes you can see the limits to his game, but I think he works really well within that system. And as I said, having those players around him certainly seems to, to benefit a lot. Well, you said it best. It works in that system, the players around him. And then when the defense does give him opportunities, like the defense gave him, you know, with, with the fumble, like he, he takes advantage of them. That's just what he does. And that's what a good game manager quarterback has to do. They have to take advantage of their, you know, high XG or whatever the football equivalent of that is EPA. situation. EPA, I'm sorry, their EPA situations, you know, where it's supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to score seven. You're going to turn over, score seven. And a lot of times Brock Purdy leads to points. And that's why these 49ers teams have been good. And that's what they've been able to manage without elite quarterback play. Because just the whole system is set up to take advantage of that. And it starts with their defense. And their defense buckled down in the second half. And the game turned. And that's, you know, it's the long and short of it. And Detroit, you know, I mean, you know, they have to make sure that there's no hangover for this from, from this for next year. Because easily easily a team could have a hangover from this and, you know, have that be in the back of their heads as they start next season. And I think Detroit definitely has to worry about that. But San Fran, I mean, that's the team I feel like the Chiefs didn't want to face because, you know, Detroit's got a weak secondary. Detroit, Mahomes would have picked that secondary apart in the Super Bowl. Absolutely would have picked the secondary apart. He actually has a challenge against the 49ers now. That's the challenging opponent. This is not going to be a walk in the park for the Chiefs. Um, I still do think Chief the Chiefs on are going to win. Niners. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think at the end of the game, Travis Kelsey is going to retire and that him and Taylor Swift are going to get married in the end zone. Did you know there's a betting company in uh, Ontario that's allowing people to bet on whether they'll get married in the post-game celebration? Or get whether, he'll, whether he'll propose to her in the post-game celebration? Well, there was, I thought there was a rumor that they got engaged over New Year's or something. Oh, I hadn't heard that. This is definitely more important than the football game, so let's not even cover the other game, and we'll talk about this. Uh, Jared, we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Will Bobby Weir from the Grateful Dead be getting the same um, executive suite treatment that uh, Taylor Swift gets at the Super Bowl? Maybe, although she can afford that uh, executive suite at the Super Bowl. No problem. Bobby Weir probably could also, man. Yeah, he probably he, could. He a lot of money over the years. That's true. <laughs> um, on that note, too, uh, one piece for the Lions to help with momentum going in the next year is they are keeping Ben Johnson as offensive coordinator. So that is a big coup because oh. it looked as if he was – yeah, they just announced it a few moments before we jumped on here to record. Surprising. So that's a big coup. It looks LOL as well. Washington. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he looked destined for yeah. a head coaching position. So yeah, the re the report from Schefter that we just, as I said, just saw before we came on said that some of the teams that he was speaking to they were spooked by his demands. So I can only assume that he was asking for, you know, five six year contract on ten million dollars plus. And he's basically said, well, if you're not going to give me that, then I can just get another pay rise in the Lions and I can stay there. I mean, he's only he's only 37, I think. I think he's 37. So, I mean, he's still got plenty of time to be a head coach. You know, he's, he's still he's still going to get paid well by the Lions. He's still got plenty of time to, you know, sort of improve as a coordinator and sort of keep progressing. And then, he, you know, he'll, he'll probably get another chance next season when the, you know, the coaching carousel goes around again. So it's, it's probably a smart move for him if he can't get the, the situation that he likes. 
Ben Johnson informed the commanders and the Seahawks today. The reason I'm told he wants to win a Super Bowl. I like yeah, it. I mean, well, he's, got, he's got. I don't think he'll win it at the Lions, but he's got more chance at the Lions than he has at the Commanders or the Seahawks. So yeah, in that sense, I throw a yeah, throw okay. throw a better than Jared Goff quarterback on that team, and they probably win a Super Bowl. I mean, that team is the team is good defensively. Yeah, they fell off a lot in the last couple of games, and sure, you know, yeah. even even the last few games of the playoffs. That's going to be something they'll have to look into. I believe there's some good cornerbacks in this draft, though. Of course, they're going to be picking now at the end of the first round. So totally different. Uh, Totally different sort of yeah, event. Um, they 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 do give up a lot of points to Lions. Like I said, their secondary is quite suspect, and that's probably where they'll be spending most of their draft capital. I would think this uh this year. Yeah, um, Forty Niners though going to the Super Bowl, and they are going to be playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the last time we had that matchup, um. Joe Biden and Trump were facing each other in the election. And immediately after the Super Bowl, we got hit by a giant pandemic. So I was going to say it was one of the last good things that happened in 2020. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like we need to root for the 49ers on this one, boys, to avoid. No, pandemic. no, 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 you don't. No, you don't. This also and... sounds like the premise of a South Park episode. <laughs> the Chiefs yeah. the chief started the pandemic. <laughs> so they're all Broncos I fans, wish. so it makes so much sense. Let it me recap the game before we jump into it, though, Jared. Okay, um, ah. I know Kansas City seventeen, Baltimore ten. Uh, Kansas City jumped out to a seventeen to seven lead in the first half, and from there, um, both teams pretty much just traded three and outs until Baltimore was able to get on the board. Uh, a lot of the action happened early. There were some absolutely eye-popping plays in this one. I mean, Mahomes made a throw to Kelsey where he was going the other way and Kelsey was running the opposite way across the middle and it seemed like he got the ball. And there were a few insane plays. Um, yeah. The most eye-popping plays of this entire game that were made by Lamar Jackson. But of course, they weren't winning plays. They were just pretty incredible plays. Uh, avoiding okay. the sack on that drop back and then throwing that touchdown pass. But then the one where the ball was batted up in the air and then he caught it and ran for 15 yards. I mean, that's one of the best plays I've ever seen. Uh, Jared, it's okay. You won the game. Um, you look angry that I'm complimenting. No, I, 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 I'm not angry. I'm look, he, he's, he's a, he's a good quarterback. I'll give you that. Um, the, the one where it got batted up in the air, I was very impressed because there was a lot of white and red in that area. So the fact that he came away with that ball was impressive. Uh, but, yeah, he was able to avoid the sack and throw a touchdown, but there was other opportunities where he was throwing and it didn't quite work out as well. Um, but I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you continue to give Baltimore a few more Zay flowers before I go off on mine. All right. Um... Now I've lost my train of thought. So yeah, anyway, Baltimore lost 17-10. Uh, good game. Uh, definitely Baltimore made it close, but then Mahomes was able to seal it with that long reception by uh, not uh, Hardman. I forget who it was. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who couldn't what? catch a fucking football all season long, but at least he decided the postseason was a good time to start catching passes, I guess. Good a time as any. Decent time. That's, that's 
let's let's quick talk about the Chiefs defense. I yeah, mean, that's, that's what we should talk about. That's the those are the real stars. That's the real star of the game oh, right I, there because I know, despite that's, Lamar's that's magic, I mean that pass that long pass play was and the uh, and the batted ball really the only plays of note from. From Lamar, you know, huge plays a note for today. They completely grounded the Ravens' run game, which is supposed to be the difference maker. And you know, despite some sports analysts scoffs at the fact that the Chiefs could carry this team to a Super Bowl, they definitely carried to them them to an AFC Championship game victory because they only scored seventeen points. And the Ravens' offense is usually pretty capable of putting up considerably more points than seventeen, but they didn't. And yeah, I think the Chiefs right, defense, Dan. and I think the Chiefs defense might is now a difference maker in this Super Bowl matchup, without a doubt. Oh, I would agree. It's all right, well. Dan. You you can you can say it out loud. The Chiefs were one hundred percent able to ride the D. They rode, they rode the D. <laughs> so, I want to I want to acknowledge uh, George Karloftis is making the whole post Chris Jones conversation easier for me. Um, he, he is, he is a problem in the other team's backfield. Uh, and he did it all year long, but he just always seems to make his presence known at the right times. Um, now mind you, we were, we were without, without Joe Tooney on the offensive side and we were without Willie Gay, which yes, I know the very unfortunate name, but we were nodding at your we were without <laughs> I mean, you should know me well enough, but he, <laughs> we were without those two players, and those two players are they're they're big names on their respective sides of the ball. So without them, like that could have been when I was watching the pregame and I saw that they were both ruled out, you know, I was almost as upset as I was when I saw that Kadarius Tony was ruled out. But you know they they managed to have other players to fill those gaps and fill them quite well. Um, but uh, as I indirectly alluded to in the title of the Zoom meeting, I have to I have to again go back and acknowledge Lejarius Sneed. Lejarius Sneed allowed one touchdown in the 2023 NFL season. One. And that was the front corner uh, dime by Josh Allen against the Bills in the playoffs game, right. which name me uh, a defensive secondary player who would have been able to prevent that play. I'll wait. Well, so I mean, coming in, Taylor. And in absolutely not. So absolutely, he's superhuman. He's a machine and a cyborg. Truth be told, uh, we're at a point now where, despite Jared spending the season doubting them, the Kansas City Chiefs are in fact in the Super Bowl, where we all expected them to be, um, except Jared. And what's 100%. the first thing, what's the first thing there's, Mahomes there's been said? A, there's been a lot of doubt thrown towards the Chiefs this year. It's not just—I mean, Jared's been probably what's, more negative than I feel like he needed to be. But the, the Chiefs were. Three and a half point underdogs in this game. They're underdogs in the week the week before against the Bills. Mahomes hasn't looked like peak Mahomes all season. I said I, I think Jared was worrying too much. But when you get used to seeing a certain way and a certain style that the team plays in and a certain level from that quarterback, 
when you don't see that. And I said it was only it was a month ago that we saw Mahomes throw well, one of them was a pick six and maybe another interception against a home defeat to the Raiders. Yes. I can totally understand where the doubts have come from from the Chiefs, and it's been spoke. It has been spoken about in the media all oh, year. Oh no, he threw like a pick Chiefs. six. Oh no, no. He threw, and did you see but, yeah, he threw an interception too? Oh my god! Oh, oh no, threw it up and that was intercepted. But that's not what he does. That's what I'm saying. So that's that's where the doubt comes from because it, that's not normally the mistakes that he makes. He doesn't normally force those. Like it just it just it did look very unlike them. As I said, I always said, you know, we all sat here and we said we think they'll be fine. I can understand Jared's worry. I think he worried too much. But there is a reason that they've been underdogs in their last two playoff games. All right, they were road games, but they were still, you know, they were still because the odds makers well. are morons. So <laughs> I understand sports also- radio types throwing doubt. That's what would happen here in New England is, you know, Brady would have a bad game. The Patriots would be three and four or something at the, you know, through the first part of the season. Everybody would be hitting the panic button. Sports radio would be fueling it on, getting callers in, all of that. People saying Brady's done, bring in Garoppolo, blah, blah, blah. And then they'd go on and win the Super Bowl. It's the same fucking movie. When you have an elite quarterback who's proven that they're elite, do not count them out and do not doubt them because they are going to always figure it out before it's too late. Always, especially a quarterback like that. And they figured out exactly how to run this offense and how to depend on the defense to, you know, win these close games. So it's just, I personally found it so fucking annoying that Mahomes had the nerve to stand up there right after the game, microphone gets shoved in his face. And the first thing he says is everybody doubted us. No one believed in us. No, your own fucking fans doubted you. Everybody else just assumed this would happen. No, exactly right. Do not group the rest of us with your fans. And that's it. And it's not like Mahomes was missing balls this year. He wasn't missing passes. No. He just dropping. Yeah. And he just had he didn't have a receiver like Tyree. He doesn't have a receiver like Tyreek Hill who can go up and make yeah, a play. Those video game numbers are gone. They're yeah. not coming back. He doesn't have Tyreek Hill anymore. The video game numbers are gone. Two is putting up video so, game numbers too. When you go into the last when you go into the last six games of the regular season and you watch a team that should have, by all measure, dominated some of those games, and they go three and three, including, I mean, the, the loss to the Broncos still bothers me. And I understand that the Broncos came on late in the season. I get that. But at that point in time, the Broncos had not come on yet. Imagine. The Broncos still looked like garbage. So to lose to the Broncos in Denver like that was like, oh, that's not good. And then to lose on Christmas Day and just some of the games that they lost that shouldn't have been losses, that's what put up the red flag. None of it fucking matters. How can you still be bothered by that? Your team's in the Super Bowl. All you got to do is be one of the seven best teams. Yeah. And you're far and away one of the seven best teams in the AFC. And you've got, you don't need to have, I mean, and that's probably one of the problems with football overall as a sport um, is you don't need to have elite players on offense. If you have an elite quarterback, you can just, that quarterback will figure out how to make it work with what he has. And that's what you have in Mahomes. Um, Probably a, probably a bad hit on the sport though, too, that you could have a shitty offense like that and be in the Super Bowl in a team game. Multiple ways to win, you know, the Chiefs. The Chiefs have done it one way, and the 49ers have done it a completely different way. Yeah, the 49ers are kind of the exception, though. Like, it's it's much harder to do what the 49ers are doing and what the so Lions the are doing. Did the NFC title game this year? Well, what other good quarterbacks were there in the NFC? Uh, let's see. Dak Prescott. Okay. 
anyway, that's your Cowboys. <laughs> uh, Jalen Hurts, the first half of the season. Um, Jalen Hurts Baker is... Mayfield. Okay, you haven't named a single truly elite quarterback. You've named uh, a Baker lot of... Mayfield, an elite quarterback. <laughs> See the new Joe Flacco? It's is Baker Flacco. Mayfield elite? <laughs> I just... Can I just acknowledge also, I love... I love when karma comes back and smacks people right in the face. And I love that Zay Flowers was taunting and talking shit. And he's the one who had the ball in his hands when it got punched out. And and again, Ross, again, what was the receiver's name from Detroit? Waving goodbye to people in the second quarter like an a-hole. Gardner, like, Gardner Johnson, wasn't it? Thank you. Like, uh, I, this is cool. Here's a safety. Yeah, he's a safety. Oh, okay. Whatever he is. Can't, Whatever can't he is. be spreading he... misinformation. Remember that. Oh, okay. No, we have a former president that does enough of that. So th- I love watching players do shit like that. And then immediately life just right across the face. Like, that just makes my day. It really does. Um, it was just convenient that with Zay Flowers, it benefited my team. But it, it it's just, it's magical. I love it. Yeah. Um, that former president, I am, being, uh, Boris Johnson, right? Tony Blair. Tony Blair. Tony Blair. Yeah. 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 So I, I did want to acknowledge. I so my direct boss is a Niners fan. So we we had a little back and forth after Super Bowl Fifty Four. Uh, so of course now we're starting those conversations again, um, and we did have like a moment where he's like, in all seriousness. Watch, it's going to come down to a field goal kick. He's like, and and our kicker is not good. It's just he's not good, and that's going to be a problem. That's going to bite us in the ass. And I said, well, that works out because our receivers are a problem, but our kicker is good though. So we'll see how that plays out. But I, I'm I'm very excited. I said it before the Bills game. I said it before the Ravens game. All I wanted was an exciting game. Obviously, everybody wants to win. Nobody wants to. Nobody's walking in and saying, you know, I really hope I lose today, except for Matt for draft picks. But other than Matt, nobody's <laughs> over now. In the we're door we're back on the train next season until we're not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. With with Zach? No. No, Aaron. Duh. Until he tears oh, the other oh, Achilles. Duh. I'm getting right, right, right. a lot of shit from other Jets fans, by the way, um, for my opinions, but we don't need to talk yeah. about that today. Yeah. Uh I guess I'm not a supportive, a supportive fan. No, but anyway, that's right. So let's let's yeah. talk about let's preview this a little bit because a rematch of the Super Bowl four years ago. Um, Chiefs have been to two and won one since then. This would be three in five years. So dynasty talk now. I personally think it's going to be a very close game, uh, especially the way the Chiefs have played of late. And I think it'll just come down to uh, exactly what you would expect that an elite quarterback in Mahomes will make just enough plays to win it for Kansas City. And Purdy will show that he's not, while being a very good quarterback and unbelievable for where he was picked, uh, will show himself to not be the truly elite quarterback. It's going to come Vegas down has, to... Vegas has the uh, Chiefs as uh, underdogs in that game as well, by the way. Yeah, only by one and a half, though. It went from, it started at two and a half, then it went down to one yeah. and a half. I, I'm sure that's going to swing back and forth, but that's that's what this game is. This is a pick game. Because the wind could shift from left to right, and the, it could go in the other direction. This game is is probably as close of 
a pick as you could make. Um, so said it before, I'll say it again. I want I want a good game. I want an exciting game. I don't want Patriots Rams from whatever that was a few years ago. Uh, arguably, in my opinion, one of the worst Super Bowls I've ever watched. That was just, it was a horrendous Super Bowl. So I don't think it's going to be that. I want it exciting. I want it to come down to the last minute and 45. Mahomes with the ball running down the field, and then they can lift the dogs up in the end zone and party when they win. Dan, um, What's your prediction? What do you think? Um, yeah, I like Chiefs. Big fan of Chiefs defense. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Dan went on the uh, wrong microphone. I guess I should probably. Sorry, say- I'm in my car, so it goes to my speaker in my car, and it, that that doesn't work for this. My apologies. Uh, I like the Chiefs. Uh, I like the Chiefs' defense a lot. I like the way they're playing right now. I think they've been the best defense in football for the past like two months or so, and I don't see that stopping. Um, they got the best quarterback. They got the best coach. Um, they have you know it's just everything's all signs point to them for me. And I think you know we we officially start the Chiefs' dynasty, you know, or calling it a dynasty on that day because three and five is is a very impressive, very very impressive run. Back-to-back is just impressive nowadays. No one's done back-to-back since Tom Brady. So another way where Patrick Mahomes can be just like Brady. And I guess I think he's – we already know that he's a better quarterback than Brady. We already know that Andy Reid is a better head coach than Bill Belichick. So it's only a matter of time, I feel like, you know, before this team, I think, even has a chance of surpassing the Patriots uh, in terms of the great dynasties of NFL history. Um, oh. it's there. It's just a matter of fate allows it, you know, and everything can happen. Anything can happen in football. You know, I'm sure, you know, Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman thought they were, were going to win more than three Super Bowls when they won three in four years. So, you know, so, you know, Jared, just enjoyed us. You're a direct descendant of the Patriots, the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Steelers, and the Packers, and the Browns now. Okay. Just know that. Because that those are the prior teams to dominate football, you know. But in the decades, you're you're the new one. So um, I think they take a really big step in in really cementing that dynasty in this one. Just don't think the you know, it's the, you know they're just the better team. That's all I want to say. It's gonna be a close game though. I'm with Matt there. Um, I don't think the 49ers are gonna go over lightly. Obviously, this is the one that's gonna cement the Chiefs as the team, the new Patriots, and the team everybody hates. This. Super Bowl. Oh, it's already happening. All I, all I see, all I hear is the refs, the refs, the refs. So I, I know that we've officially hit that point. So Dan, to summarize, you're you're officially standing firm that uh, the Chiefs will ride the D all the way to victory. Oh, they're riding that D hard to victory. Nice. Yes, hard Fucking ride. Carrot top over here. Hundred percent of juvenile. Yep. <laughs> Actually, no, he's more of a prop actor. Anyway, um, Ross, give us your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, if I'm honest, this wasn't the Super Bowl that I was hoping for. And this wasn't the Super Bowl that I think a lot of people were hoping for. But just as a fan of the sport, you have to respect the dominance of these two teams that have been, especially the Chiefs, but have been there or thereabouts the last few years now. Um, Yeah, for, you know, for Jared Sake, I would like to see the Chiefs win it. 
there are a few 49ers players that I think, you know, Christian McCaffrey is going to go down as one of the better running backs in history. I think it'd be nice for a player like him to, you know, finish his career with a with a Super Bowl. Trent Williams has probably been one of the, the best left tackles of the last 20 years. You know, players like him, they just sort of deserve to win a Super Bowl. But if they don't do enough on the day, then, then you know, then so be it. But I think the legacy that Mahomes is building and what the stats behind Kelsey in the playoffs uh, is something like, th- I'll have to find it in a minute, but it's it's like 13 games. He's got something like 10 touchdowns and over 1,100 yards just in the playoffs. And it's, you know, if that's if that's the performance, I mean, Kelsey didn't look himself all season and he kind of looked, he's looked like he'd sewed a little bit. And then he's back to playoff Kelsey again all of a sudden the last three weeks. And it's just, yeah, they're incred- They're an incredible team to watch. And yeah, I, I saw, I, I hope for Jared's sake that, um, that, that, that the Chiefs still go on and win it again. And I'll be, you know, I'll be cheering them along. The only thing I would say that you could see happening from my perspective is you could, if you squint, you could see a similar outcome to what happened when they played Tampa Bay. You know where that strong defensive line takes over the game and puts Mahomes under pressure all day. But that 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 defensive line is not a thing with the 49ers. Chase Young has been anonymous since he got to the 49ers. They've got good anyway. They've got Hargrave inside, who's pretty good run stuff. It doesn't get loads of pressure, and then they've got Joe Bosa on the other side. They've not. I mean, the Chiefs the Chiefs offensive line isn't the best, and they're going to miss having obviously having Joe Tooney as well. But this it's not the dominant sort of. Offense, sorry, defensive line that that sort of that they've had before. I mean, I said Chase Young has been anonymous since he joined. I mean, you know, he could he could show up in the Super Bowl, but I'm not as concerned by that. You know, the the Lions just put up 31 points in them, and not you know it wasn't that difficult either. So, and the Lions are you know a good team as well, but I'd say the Chiefs probably have a better offense. So I'm not I'm not too concerned about that sort of that that battle of the of the defensive line, the offensive line. Yeah, I'm just saying the circumstances where I could see the 49ers winning because we did overlook the def- everybody overlooked the defensive line when Tampa played Kansas City and then they absolutely took over that game. So yeah, I could see it happening but here. You, and then the Chiefs don't, year you don't have enough weapons either super, to make up for that. Well, but also that that Tampa Bay year, you had probably I would say one of the most porous offensive lines the Chiefs have had in years. To the point where, I mean, they acknowledged the weaknesses in the offensive line and promptly did something about it right away. So I don't, yes, they will miss Joe Tooney, but their offensive line is not what it was that year. And Allegretti is not only a great filler for that gap left by Tooney, but Allegretti also caught, I believe it was a playoff touchdown. I think it was a playoff touchdown. So he's multifaceted. Use him as as a receiver as well. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. I totally agree with what you're saying that it. I could see it, but their the offensive line is at least a little more robust than that year for sure. So before that game, Dan and I stood on this podcast and we basically said Tampa Bay had no chance. Both of us did. And I'll remember that always sticking out in my mind because I truly believed it at the time. And it's sort of how I feel now. So that's why I'm being a little timid and questioning that view a bit. Uh, But yeah, that's basically how I see the 49ers winning is, you know, get stops through the defensive line and start scoring points right away. Um, Long sustained drives, that kind of thing. So we'll see what happens, but I am excited for the game. I think it'll be a close one. Dan, are you able to talk at the moment? 
how do you see what do you think the game plan is? How do the 49ers win this one? Um well, they can't turn the ball over. That's the most important thing. But that's any team. So, you know, it's not groundbreaking analysis. But I think McCaffrey has to be the best player on the field. I mean, that starts with him. Starts with him being able to run with the offensive line, being able to uh, you know, produce holes for produce running lanes for him. And for them to kind of get their misdirection and their trick games working, you know, kind of get the Chiefs off defense off balance. And if you're gonna get the Chiefs defense off balance, it's gonna start with it's gonna start with C Mac. And because that's what they're gonna be keying in on. He's the best player on the field. You know, you can't just you know forget about Ayuk and Debo and all them, but it starts with him. And if he gets rolling on the ground, I think the Chiefs would have a hard time winning that game. You know, I'll be dead honest with you. So but that being said, I do think the Chiefs defense is going to do a good job. And I do think they're going to be able to neutralize, you know, neutralize his his maybe his um him on the running game, you know, maybe in a passing game, he'll still might make a difference, but I do think the Chiefs have the, have what it takes to uh, do that. But if the 49ers have any chance, it's going to be through McCaffrey, you know, open, getting, the, getting that defense opened up. All right. Um, score predictions. Let's go. Uh, Jared, you go last. Um, Dan, score prediction. 27 to 25 Chiefs. All right, Ross. 24 17 Chiefs. All right. I am going to go with 20 to 17 Chiefs. Jared, what's your score prediction? 56 to would... 4 Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, I, I thought you were going to call my number out before I had a chance to. I was going to go with 27 24. Oh, I, I almost the, said 24. <laughs> the Lions, I think the, the Lions score is going to be what the Niners end up walking away with. So it's going to be a 27-24 Chiefs victory. Mahomes uh, will pass like a monster out of nowhere. Um, Of course, nobody but the quarterback is going to walk away with the Super Bowl MVP because, God forbid, we give it to another player. They're not going to give it to Travis Kelsey on his retirement night? No, he's not retiring. Stop it. Neither is Jason Kelsey, by the way. They're in a bad spot if he retires too, because with you can live with all those bad wide receivers. If in the Patriots showed it, you can live with all those bad wide receivers if you have that ridiculous mismatch at tight end. But if you don't have either of those, then suddenly it becomes tough. And even Brady, you know, took off when he came back. Once Gronk retired, his last season in uh, New England was pretty bad, and then he took off again once they came back to Tampa Bay, and he had all those weapons again. So. I, I actually don't think he'll retire either. I don't see how he would retire. I mean, Taylor Swift, They one of the things too with Taylor Swift, it's not like they're going to go off into the sunset. One of the reasons they both said they are it's working for them is they both have careers that they're very busy with on their own. Right. No, I understand that. Yeah. I don't think he's going to retire to go be with Taylor Swift. I, don't, uh, I mean, it wasn't even a Taylor Swift thing. I'm thinking more like a podcast is taking off. You know, you kind of see what guys like Pat, someone like Pat McAfee has done. Where he like kind of that dude was a punter, you know. He's not he's not Travis Kelsey, you know. So you, I, I would think like you think you know maybe you know maybe your body you got three Super Bowls. He's never winning an MVP award because he's a tight end. He's never winning a Super Bowl MVP award because he's a tight end. He's been how many times All Pro now? How many Pro Bowls? Like, what else does that man have to prove? Unless he wants to unless he wants to chase Tony Gonzalez's records, what does he have to prove? That's like there is, there is one. 
There is yeah. one story I read, and I'm not sure if you've seen this, Jared, that there was a theory out there that if Travis did win the Super Bowl again this year, that him and Jason would both retire because they've talked about earlier in their career, it'd be nice if they could both retire together. And obviously then they go off into the media and continue to work together. Could just be an internet theory, but you know, you can see obviously they're very close and it's, it was great, by the way, again, Jared, to see um, Jason on the field after the game and giving his brother a big hug and stuff. They really support yeah, each other, which is good to see. Yeah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> it Do you think Mrs. Kelsey really me. yelled at Jason, at, at Jason over to, during the week about his behavior? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was uh, he it, looked it, so disappointed at the game sitting there. He's sitting <laughs> in the corner. Yeah. His wife, was, his wife was apparently <laughs> mad at him, too. Oh yeah, yeah I feel like Baltimore fans wouldn't have been as warm to him as as, as Bills fans either for no, some reason. No, I don't think so. Oh really? People from Maryland because I Baltimore from Baltimore, people from Baltimore, Baltimore are Baltimore, great. Baltimore, man. Tailgate scene even. Yeah, yeah. People well, from I Baltimore, Baltimore once and it sucked, and I vowed to never go back. People from Maryland are pretty great. I'm not gonna lie, they're always. No, I like Maryland. Yeah, I enjoy Maryland. I could, I could absolutely see Jason. Ke- oh, stop it! Take off your I shirt, see Kelsey. Eh. Jason, Jason's personality one hundred percent fits right in with Bill's mafia. Like that, yeah. that kind of absolute disregard for human safety and health. Um, taking shots out of a bowling ball. Really bowl really and... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, but look, if if Jason retires after the Super Bowl and everything. Because I, I think one of the big things, especially now that Travis is going to the Super Bowl, I think he didn't want to overshadow anything with his brother, which, again, just speaks to their dynamic and, and the type of people they are. But I think if he does retire, if he is not immediately hired as a color commentator, these networks are the dumbest people alive. Because he his color commentary and the personality he would bring Oh, brilliant. So the one thing I will say is the only thing he really has left to do on the field is uh, become an elite run blocker and pass blocker like Gronk was so that he can pass Gronk. But otherwise, you know, he'll always have his place as the second best tight end of all time. No, I I could I could 100 percent disregard that statement because I know you're trolling me. And I also could 100 percent see him coming back to just try to chase after some of Tony Gonzalez's stuff. Um, because when you think of the two he probably doesn't teams, even have a lot of Chiefs team records at this point. Yeah, uh, probably not. Uh, let's see if I can see. Had I been more prepared, I would have. Uh, I would have had those handy. Uh, let's see. Oh, of course, that's talking about. Oh, that's true. Um, so with this game against the Ravens defense, uh, he pat Travis Kelsey passed Jerry Rice for the most catches in NFL history, playoff history, sorry. Um, and they're they're just continuing to widen that gap of the touchdown passing duo. Um, yeah, it's oh, there we go. Career receiving leaders. So let's see. Uh, Tony Gonzalez played 190 games for the Chiefs, 916 receptions for 10,940 yards. Uh, Kelsey has 159 games, 
He has 907 receptions, so only nine fewer receptions with 11,328 yards. So Kelsey actually holds the uh, career receiving record for the Chiefs by, uh, my math sucks, uh, like 400 some odd yards. Okay, so he must have just broke that this season. uh, He is two touchdowns shy of tying Gonzalez. Um, let's see. Well, yeah. So we're saying he's close. Um, yeah, hundred so percent. There's, de- there's a debate to be come, had to come back for one more season. I think he comes At back for one. one more season personally. Um, mm-hmm. but of course they'll have one, three and five. That is kind of the window. A lot of these, you know, a team like that could theoretically have, um, okay. So we've all got our Super Bowl predictions in every single one of us is picking Kansas city. So, yeah, I think on that note, um, boys, anything yeah, else? With- we're boring. Sorry. <laughs> who uh, who are we picking for the Pro Bowl? Nobody. Um, I'm not going to watch it. No, it boring ass event. Games now or something. They should just do it as a flag football or a touch. I think event. it is. Or just I think it is. I think it, it is, is a flag, flag football. football. It is a flag yeah, football they do, game. Though. They do yeah. sort of about ten different events, don't they? One of yeah, just, sort of just do skills. Like events. Beer, no it's, like a, it's like beer Olympics now. No one cares. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just make it like a fun thing where everybody goes. That's what it is now. It is. Little... It's beer Olympics. Yeah. But the thing they're is, still the thing playing is, no one game. cares about it, but they get bigger TV audiences than some MLB and NBA based um, playoff games. So they make it work somehow, well, but it isn't. Football is getting yeah. here. Yeah, that's what I mean. So just it, it's, I haven't watched the Pro Bowl in 20 years and I, I don't plan on watching any of the Pro Bowl games, but they, they get people going, they get people watching it. So they're still making it work, even though it's a terrible product, really. Yeah. All right, boys. And they're going to be simulcasting the Super Bowl on Nickelodeon for the kids with the slime cam and all that. Yeah. It's a good idea, though. Oh, absolutely. We can get, oh, hopefully, we can get back into Andy's bedroom. Toy Story one again. That'd be good. I think the FBI just tapped in. I got to (laughs) go. On that note, boys, I just want to quickly talk a little bit about the magic of the cup. We have five minutes or so. Um, (laughs) I knew I wasn't going to get away with it. Yeah, I'm gonna step away from that note, um, gentlemen. We'll talk. See you, Jam. You're so under I, this impression. No, no, you're under this impression that that was a cursed loss. I wasn't even gonna talk about you. Get your uh, main well, character. I'm, I'm gonna, you. I'm gonna talk about me because <laughs> my team played the best team in the land, so I'm most important. Um, how was that a cursed loss to you? Because Manchester United has never scored a goal at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They've never won a game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But you knew that wasn't going to last for it. was like we used to make fun of like the Cowboys when calling an Eli Manning Stadium when it first opened. Because well, it's they broken now. The Giants there. So it's 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 okay. I mean, the Manchester City came in and won. There was no sun. There was They had a great game plan. They high-pressed the shit out of, out of Spurs, and they just kept them pinned in their own end, and they were useless without Saar and Basuma. Um, Basuma hasn't been that great recently anyway. I think it was more Sar that they missed. So, um, hey, Magic of the Cup. It was a, uh, it, it is what it is, and they can just focus on top four now, which is probably a, a blessing in disguise considering they don't have a necessarily deep it's team. the maximum trophy you can get at Tottenham anyway is finishing fourth or third. Yeah, this season, absolutely, you know, and, and that's just the way it is. I mean, we weren't what, expecting trophies. What a trophy. 
I'm not mad at that. I wasn't really expecting a trophy this year. No one really came into the season expecting a trophy. You find me a Spurs supporter that was expecting a trophy this season, and I'm going to call them call them a liar. There's no Spurs supporter expecting a trophy. You know, All right. Four, it would be nice. Anyway, enough of enough of tiny, magic of the tiny small club, North London. Let's talk we about fucking... we go to a tinier club like Bristol? No, we're going to go to a massive club like fucking Maidstone United. All right? Um, Maidstone United... My God, this this result was so good. Maidstone United beat Ipswich Town, who currently sits second in the championship, 2-1 away. Unbelievable result. Um, took their chances. Because, I'm just going to stop you quickly. I'm going to guess that neither of you have ever heard of Maidstone before. I was going to ask you if you know where the fuck Maidstone is. I do, yeah. It's, it's in Kent. <laughs> it's a human settlement, according yeah. to Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, that's good to know. Because today, Ross, so at 2.45 p.m., Maidstone United have a match scheduled against Punjab United in the quarterfinal of the Kent Cup. So, yeah, that's a big tie. Big Kent big Senior tie. Cup. Yeah. What the um, hell is Punjab United? Um, that's, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Unbelievable fucking result. Ross, did you watch this one? No, I didn't. I was I was out when that was on. But obviously, I was I was sort of keeping up with it as best I could. But... To um yeah to see a team I think it's the team sorry this is the lowest team since 1987-88 to get through to this round of the cup and that is you know we we spoke about it before with the you know with the FA Cup and stuff this is what the FA Cup is about this is a team that again we've said it before got nothing to lose they go there and they play a team that are sitting five divisions higher than them you know got potentially going to get promoted to the Premier League next year got nothing to lose their manager was outside talking to the fans with the team before the game saying, you know, we're just going to go out there, we're going to give it our all. Some of these players will never play in stadiums like this. Is literally what he said, because they're not going to be good enough. And yeah, they come out there and they, they had two shots on target and they scored two goals <laughs> as opposed to Ipswich's 38 efforts on goal and they can only muster <laughs> one lousy goal. But it's, yeah, look, I mean, if you're Ipswich, obviously you've got it because it was a great opportunity for them to go to the next round. But as sort of a neutral watching that, that's just this is this is exactly what I want to see from the FA Cup. So it was yeah, that's what you want. Everybody, everybody was happy when uh, Bristol City went by us. Uh, you know, all the neutrals. They, this is what you want to see as a neutral. Yeah. Um, only disappointing thing: there was a video. They uh, they took a video in the locker room of the next draw being announced, and you know they're drawn as, and you know they'll have a good chance, but they're drawn as playing either she- the winner of Sheffield Wednesday and Coventry. So. I feel like you kind of have to hope it's Sheffield Wednesday because at least that's like a pretty, you know, famous ground, all of that. But, you know, the reality is they wanted to get one of the Premier League sides. Um, yeah, I mean, but for, for a club at that level as well, if they got, I don't know, if they got Man United or Man City away, just the money alone that's... keeps a club like that. I mean, Maidstone actually went out of business 30 years ago as a club right. and they had to completely restart. And they've obviously, you know, they're, they're sort of sitting in the sixth or seventh tier of English football. So they've not, you know, they've not sort of reached the heights. But yeah, you know, they've they rege- regenerated themselves as a club and they've got it going again. But a windfall like that, just from, t- you know, from the ticket sales alone would have kept them going for, you know, for years and years and years, which is another reason why the FA Cup is great, because it does give people, you know, clubs the opportunity to earn some sort of some extra money. So and on you, know, still, too. you go they'll, through they'll, yeah. you get a big win yeah, yeah exactly and you know they'll still get far more money than they would have expected from you know they're going to get tv rights and stuff like that obviously they were on tv on saturday against Ipswich. they're going to earn far more money than they ever would have thought but it's just a shame i hope they go through again and they do actually get one of those really big clubs i said because it's good to you know it's good if they could sort of keep that going and sort of yeah, earn a really good good amount for the club yeah you're dead on the money alone from city away would just be 
Yeah, because yeah. because realistically, Maidstone aren't winning the cup. So no. just be nice if they could earn themselves some money. Yeah. Uh, what a great result. That's the, yeah. And I, I sent you, Ross, uh, John McKenzie from TIFO put up a chart of the shot charts and it was the two shots were goals and yeah. then like 38 shots and one goal. And it was just the magic of the cup in one chart. Yeah, um, brilliant. Beautiful things. Otherwise, I don't really care about any of the other results. I'll be cheering for that. I hope they get Sheffield Wednesday and, you know, I hope they beat Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, one of the podcasts I listened to, the Football Ramble, brought up a really good point too. Like it's a totally different mindset. Like they, there's a job, there's a job to do now. They actually want to go out there and beat Sheffield Wednesday so they can go to the next round. Whereas if they got City, you know, job's done. You've got City away, and you're, you know, right. gonna you're gonna come away. You have no chance of beating them, so you just have a go, and you're gonna come away with that gate gate money. And TV. Sheffield Wednesday aren't doing well in the championship either. So you know, if they could go, yeah, they've got a chance. But they've got a chance, but it was still a pretty fluky win against. Uh, against Ipswich. Yeah. But yeah, well, we'll all be cheering for them. Um, yeah. I don't really care about any of the rest of the magic of the cup. Um, should we talk about Klopp? I think we should talk about Klopp or we sign yeah, off. I mean, um, hopefully the end of my uh, sorrows and, and, and nightmares of Spurs playing Liverpool because they all started with, well, I mean, they started once Jurgen Klopp got the club he wanted and got the club where he wanted it. And as soon as Liverpool got there, they just started dominating Spurs at every turn. And uh, it's going to be a big, uh, it's going to be a big little, it's going to be a big like uh, culture shift for, for uh, the club. And it's going to be big for Liverpool fans. And, you know, I know there's rumors of Xavi Alonso coming in and there's also, I talked to a Liverpool supporter, um, who would rather see someone like Deserby come in, which I think would also be a better, better hire for them too, just because he has the Premier League experience, and I think that would be okay. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on all that? Well, I, I think do want to say the obvious reason why Xabi Alonso is getting linked is because he's obviously an ex, right? Yeah, he's an ex player, right, and he was yeah. a fantastic player. He's doing a great job at Leverkusen. Doing but great at Leverkusen. I think yeah. if it wasn't for the fact that he was an ex Liverpool player, he wouldn't be linked with the job. So. I can I can understand, but obviously Liverpool players, sorry Liverpool fans, want someone they can connect with, and they've got a real history with their managers. And if they take on their manager, like they idolise Klopp, they absolutely are, and they have done with any manager that's been, you know, Benitez was only there for sort of he was there for I don't know five or six years maybe, but they idolise him as well, and they really sort of take their managers on as part of the part of their community and part of like the fabric of of Liverpool Football Club, and I think that's probably why Alonso is the favourite. I mean, even someone like Gerard, who's got a terrible record as a manager, was getting linked there just because he's a Liverpool hero. But sort of going back to what Liverpool are going to do, it is going to be a massive, a massive, massive shift in what Liverpool have been for the last well, going on nine years now under Klopp and what he's done for them. And you know, you could see you could see from his interview the other day, he just said, you know, I've just run out of energy, and I think I just got the impression that he just he wants to he's either going to do that job with everything that he's got or he's just not going to do it. And obviously if he hasn't got it and he doesn't think that he can give it all his all, then, you know, what can you, what can you say? You've just got, you know, you've got to let the, yeah. 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 And it's, it's, you know, he doesn't, what he doesn't want to do is obviously put Liverpool in a bad position, but you know, they've got a chance of him leaving with more trophies and he's had, he's been incredibly successful while he was there. You know, he brought them their first league title in over 30 years. He got in the champions league, which I know they did win early in the two thousands as well, but, He's bought them FA Cups, League Cups. So he's been incredibly successful while he was there. And there's still a good chance that he's going to end up with at least one, maybe two more trophies before, you know, before the end, before the end of his time there. So um, 
Yeah, Let's hope at least one for the end, but because you know we want that seventh place spot to be a European spot. Um, Dan, I'm I am glad you specified that it would end your misery specifically against Liverpool because the rest of the misery will still be there. It's just maybe that misery you have against Liverpool. That Jurgen, that Jurgen Klopp inflicted misery. (laughs) You know, that specific misery sector maybe will be fixed. Probably not. Um, The one that I'm sure their new manager will come in and have (laughs) have them rampage us too. The one that, um, you know, for Klopp, I'm always hit or miss with him because I do find his whininess and his complaining to the officials to be a little tedious at times. And then obviously his like, interpretation of the rules when they hurt Liverpool versus when they help Liverpool. Um, Just some of that stuff. But overall, what a great manager. I mean, you kind of have to appreciate what he brings. It's a lot of passion. That system, when when they're going, that system is so much fun to watch too. Uh, Because, you know, and you could also make the argument, I mean, the fact that they just had an absolutely generational manager met with uh, nation state owned club in Manchester city in their way. If, if city weren't what they are now, I mean, we're probably, we're probably talking about that Liverpool side as the best of the last five, six years. By I mean, far. Probably would have won multiple league titles and not just one. Yeah. Um, so pretty crazy, but I will always look fondly back for the rest of my life, at least on those Manchester United and uh, or Manchester city and Liverpool fixtures because just, yeah some unbelievable stuff, like the highest level you can imagine at the sport. There was such, those games were such, in, such high intense games. And they were there, they were, as a neutral, they were so good to watch. And it was sometimes, yeah. sometimes with those big games between the big clubs, they end up sort of, there's a lot of drama before the game and then nothing really happens in the game. But those Liverpool-Man City games were always good, always impressive, always intense. And it was always a lot of action and sort of a lot to watch. Yeah, and both of them always went for it too. You never, yeah. a lot of times, like you said, it's those big clubs get together. Sometimes they sit back and immediately you realize they're both there to share a point and then move on with their lives. But you, you never got that with uh, City and Liverpool. So yeah, he'll be missed. Um, I, yeah, I think I he'll be great for the Premier League. I think so too. Yeah, as much as, again, as much as he gets on my nerves sometimes. All right. Well, on that note, do you boys have any final thoughts? No, to looking forward to a weekend of Premier League fixtures again. As I, I sort of mentioned last week, my nephew is going to be one of the mascots for West Ham this Thursday, so that will be yeah, big, big sort of exciting day for our family. So we're looking forward to going watching that on Thursday night at home against Bournemouth. So yeah, you got to let us know who he walks out with. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll update you. Yeah, but yeah. So we're yeah, all of the family really looking forward to that. So hopefully we get a good result as well. That way, I can be like, hey, look, that's my podcast acquaintance and sometimes friend who sends me written words in the sand. Um, that's his nephew. <laughs> no need to explain. Let's just, uh, let's no, just wrap that up. Nope. Let's leave it at this. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in to pop sports shorts. One day we'll come up with a better name, but we just, it's just not happening. Maybe sand words in the sand. To the <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> in the sand. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Now we're off the rails. Um, All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Ross. And we will see you next time. All right. Thanks, guys.